You're listening to the Rediscovering Biblical Manhood podcast. We're growing men who fear the Lord, but do not fear their identity in Christ. The enemy is hard at work in our fallen world. So come on, join us in fighting for the restoration of men's hearts through the church, the word, and our risen Savior, Jesus. Well, Shalom, Jay. Good morning to you. Good morning, Chica. I don't have the accent that most folks have. I think you have a cool accent. See, I think most Americans like me would say, I don't have any accent at all. I mean, saying shalom in an Australian accent is, you know, when you've got the kind of concept and context around what accent should be saying that word. I guess it's like when I say, wait, tomato, for me, it's always tomato, right? It's not tomato. And so that's the accent I'm referring to. So you're a potato guy. Pasta potatoes. We would say potatoes. Oh, well, there you go. So you're a tomato, but not a potato. There you go. <laughs> oh, boy. So we're back for another episode in the Fruits of Spirit. Speaking of tomatoes, is tomato a fruit or a vegetable, Jay? Oh, boy. that's. I didn't know there was going to be a quiz this morning. That's That one's above my pay grade, I think. <laughs> and just so you know, listeners, it's like six o'clock in the morning, and here we are cranking uh, the, the podcast this morning. So we are back in Fruit of the Spirit, and today... We have moved into the fruit of the spirit of peace, Jay. Not a piece of clothing, but peace be with you. And also with you. There's our inner Catholic ritual coming at our listeners this morning. Peace be with you and also with you. So, Jay, as we move into fruit of the spirit peace, what's coming up for you? I think this is such a great topic when you think about peace, which is certainly lacking in our world today. But as you read through scripture, really lacking in humanity since the fall. And, you know, Chica, we've talked a lot about this. The opposite of peace is worry, it's anxiety, it's fear, it's uncertainty with an edge, not uncertainty with trust. And so I think it's going to be great for us to talk about this because I suspect a lot of folks listening to this, a lot of men, and I know we have a, a number of women that listen to us as well, have probably been lacking a lot of peace in their life over the last several years. So I think this is a great topic for us to jump into. 100%, 100%. And peace has a number of cuts to it, right? I think of my daughters going to school or driving to school, and you have children also that are in cars, and there's that worry there on others that are close to us. There's the worry when we turn on the news or we hear something on the radio. And then, of course, there's the self you know, I was doing some um, just separate research this week and came, it's an epidemic in the country that we live in. Sleeplessness is massive here. There is just this unrest or, or lack, of, lack of true sleep because people's minds are racing all the time, every day. Yeah, and I think we've got a lot of things working against us on that front. So now we live a quarter of the way, almost into the 21st century. The age of technology, we have devices that are agitating our brains at all times. There's a lot of incredible research about the impact of technology on our bodies. None of it is good. And so our brains are trying to combat that. And then you've got, we are also in the age of social media. And so that creates a lot of anxiety. These online personas, this life that's not even real, but dictates so much of how we feel about ourselves, how we think about ourselves how we live and move and have our being in this world, which is not good as a believer is supposed to live and move and have their being in Jesus Christ. And so that's what I love about this topic is even for believers, you get caught up, right? The world now moves at a pace that is so frenetic and frantic 
that Oof. it drives anxiety. It drives worry. It drives fear. And so this topic this morning is, as believers, we have a different promise, and we have the opportunity to grab onto something that those who don't have Christ don't have the opportunity to grab onto, although they're trying in a thousand different ways. And so I think as we take a step back, you can say, well, what is the biblical definition of the fruit of peace and how does it apply to our lives? There's an opportunity here for us not only to find some more peace for ourselves, but to broadcast it more into the world and bring a little bit more peace to those around us. So as we jump into scripture, Jay, I'm going to say a quick prayer uh, because this is a very important topic and a very, not that there's a more important fruit, but I think that we should cover ourselves real quick. So Heavenly Father, as, as we step into this discussion, we know that we are born at war, Lord, and that at birth our sinful nature has already declo- declared war on, on both you and the truth. And our heart's desire today um, is that we are separated from the enemy, that we can use your methods, Lords, of warfare against the enemy to step into this discussion and bring ourselves more peace day to day. To our listeners that are listening in a car, on a walk, on the couch at home, Lord, we ask that you bring them peace, and we love you very much in your son Jesus' name, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Amen. What a great title. He has so many great titles. Prince of Peace, that was Isaiah. Um, Let me read you the scripture real quick, and then I'll toss it back to you, Jay. For, For us, a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Is that the peace that we're speaking of, Jay? Oh, what a great segue. It's absolutely the peace we're talking about. And it's really important, Chica, to understand, we talk about it all the time. What is the Bible actually saying in the language it was written in? Because often, translating into English, we lose some context. And so what you're talking about there from Isaiah is peace is a person. I don't understand. What does that mean? Well, if you jump to the New Testament, Greek, the word for peace is erine, erine. And it's what it actually is defined as is the calmness that a nation or a group of people feel when they're in the hands of a competent, secure, caring leader. Right. And so if you think about that, that's a really different definition, but it ties directly to Isaiah. He is wonderful counselor. He, the nation resides on his shoulders. Now the Greek definition of peace suddenly makes sense. Peace is what we get because we are under the authority and the care of a competent leader who has us. And suddenly the context of the fruit of peace looks really different. So Jesus's goal in coming to the earth was more than simply, you know, putting cease to the hostilities around us and around him. Yeah, I mean, the reality is Jesus didn't come to solve conflict. He came to create it. And nowhere does the Bible promise us that peace equals a nice, happy life with no conflict and no issues. You know, Jesus says the opposite all the time. In fact, he's like, hey, you know, you might have less trouble and more worldly peace if you weren't a believer. A lot of people won't bother you as much. No, that's not the kind of peace we're talking about. A nice little life with two cars and 2.5 children and a picket fence and nothing ever, no sweat, no cancer, no nothing, nada. I never get canceled on social media. You know, don't have any conflict with my greater family. That is not the kind comfort. of peace. Comfort, comfort, right? That's right. Which, which has become the great aim of the American life. We're all trying to work towards that Disney movie, WALL-E, where there's, there's no issues. There's no issues. I can just sit in my chair and watch the TV and everything's taken care of for me. 
Like that is absolutely not the kind of peace we're talking about. We're talking about the kind of peace that equals security of your soul, security of your spirit, but has no regard for the security of your body. Because as believers, this body is temporal. We don't care about this. Like we're not supposed to. Now, that's what drives a lot of the anxiety and fear, though, Chica, is you have the, the, the flesh and the soul and the spirit, the three things that make up a human being. And we get so focused on our body in this earthly realm and protecting it. That's what drives all the anxiety. Am I going to be okay? Am I going to have enough money to take care of this body? Am I going to be able to keep this body healthy? Because if we lose sight and get caught up in the world, we view this body mm. as, as who we are and the most important thing. And the Christian worldview is opposite. It's like, you should take care of this body. It's a gift from God. And when this body's operating correctly, it allows your mind to be closer to him and to really focus on him. But if your idea of, key is, of peace is keeping this body secure, you're going to run into a lot of trouble in the world. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything in prayer and supplication, give thanksgiving and let your requests be known to God. And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. This is Philippians 4, 6 through 7. And it's such an incredible passage of scripture, because if we just pause for a minute, it says, hey, uh, don't be anxious about anything. And you're like, what? Like nothing? No, nothing, like nothing. In fact, uh, just uh, bring your requests to me, the Lord, <laughs> and do it with thanksgiving. And if you're connected to me, right, back to John 15, if you're, if you're connected to the vine, uh, you'll have some peace that you can't understand. And it blows your mind. You're like, what are you even talking about? Because a lot of times we pray and then we pick our anxiety back up. Right? That's hilarious because here, I mean, the Philippians piece where, where I was leading us to and, and where you picked it up, it's the source of the Holy Spirit that I was referring to, that the world neither sees nor knows. Yeah, and I think, you know, we love to kind of take things back to Bible stories on this podcast. I think there's two Bible stories, one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament, that capture this really well. So if we go to the Old Testament book of Daniel, and Daniel was, you know, it's a great story, and he's taken out of, he's taken out of Jerusalem as a teenager, and he has to live the rest of his life in Babylon. And anyway, he had some buddies that went with him. And they serve the king of Babylon, and they have these different jobs. And at one point, the king of Babylon, one of the kings of Babylon, he creates this massive statue, and he tells everybody of himself. And he basically tells everybody, like, when a certain bell rings or a sound is made, everybody's got to get on their knees and worship this statue. And so it happens. It's out on this great plain, like one of the seven wonders of the world, whatever. It's not really one of the seven wonders of the world, but it would have been a massive statue. And, and these three dudes don't get on their knees. And now the king's in a bind because he likes these guys, but he's like, oh man, really? So he tells them like, get on your knees or I'm going to toss you in a fire. And they're like, hey, king, look, we serve you and we're going to work for you, uh, but that's not happening. We only get on our knees for the Lord, our God. And so the king has the heater, this giant fire, you know, superheated, so superheated that like a guard standing near it, like comb combusts, right? And, and he says, I'm going to toss you in there. And they say, go ahead. Because our God can save us if he wants to. But even if he doesn't, we still believe in him and we're not going to bow down to you. So the king is super pissed off, tosses him in the fire, right? And then he's watching and they don't burn. Mm. And, and there's a fourth person in there. And anyway, the story goes on. They come out unburned and the king is like, whoa, he, you know, God has a massive impact on his life. The point is, what kind of peace is required for you to say, you know what? Go ahead, toss me in the fire. God may save me. God may not. Doesn't matter. I believe in him. I love him. And I have peace that he's going to take care of everything. I have peace that transcends understanding. Toss me in. 
we can't force somebody else to be peaceful towards us. Uh, we, we can only really control one way. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think that's the biblical definition here. It's this peace I have in my persona because I am under the authority of someone who's going to take care of me. And no matter what happens, I know all is going to be well. And so that's, that, that gives you a, the permission to operate in this realm, if you're a believer, with complete security. Because you're like, well, you know, I might die. Somebody might beat me for my Christianity. I might get tossed in a fire. That's fine. Um, because God's going to take care of that. It's like, it's all good. Because I do not count this place as my home. And that's the thing. God is our ruler here, but our ultimate citizenship is in heaven and in, in the new and restored world to come. And so whatever happens here is who cares, right? I mean, we care, but we don't care in a way that drives us to fear and anxiety. And as someone who suffered from clinical anxiety for uh, almost two decades, it took me a long time to understand this and overcome this. And a lot of counseling, a lot of therapy from a good Christian counselor you know, but I've been able to live really the last eight years without that kind of fear and anxiety and to understand the, the, the peace that Christ offers. And, and having been on both sides of that equation, all the troubles that I have to face in my life, none of those went away. All the issues I'm dealing with are all still the same things, but my posture towards them is completely different, which means my availability to be present to my family and to my community is completely different. It's funny you say that, Jay, because often I, I speak with my wife saying, man, Jay, Jay's so unshakable. There's always this peace to him, no matter what the craziness of his life looks like. There's always a deep breath and just this, he's at peace. It's something that I, I respect in you, Jay, and something that I look up to as well. Um, and then if we traverse real quick to the New Testament, not that I'm comparing you to Jesus, but there's also <laughs> this other unflappable guy in the New Testament. Um, I think of, you know, the sweats of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane or standing in front of the Sanhedrin when people are slapping him up and down. And there's this peace. There's this inner peace because he is not of this world and he is not worried, even though he's sweating blood, he's not worried about what they are doing to him because he knows that there is, like you said, a citizenship that that is greater than than where he is now. Uh, such a great example, Chica. I mean, Jesus, not only is he unflappable, but why? It's back to that Greek word. He knows he's under the authority of his father. There's this great moment in that whole scene you were just laying out where Pontius Pilate looks at Jesus and he's like, why aren't you answering my questions? Why are you standing there so calmly? Don't you understand? I, ha I hold the power of life and death over you. And Jesus just looks at him and he's like, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and he's so calm and it blows everybody's mind, right? And ultimately they, they can't understand but it's that exact thing you just said. He is under the authority of his father. He knows he's taken care of. He knows that God has his back and he stays on mission. He knows what his mission is. And that's the point for believers. We can trust God and then we can stay focused. We can stay very, very focused on the mission God has given us individually and uniquely with no fear and no anxiety. Go execute the mission. Jesus has your back. Have peace in it. Love people right? Do the right thing. I mean, that's kind of the basics of the Christian life. It's really not that complicated. And nowhere in there is the good little life promised. In fact, if you're doing your job really well for Jesus, likely you're going to face a lot of oppression and, and, and backlash from the world. And that is a sign. If it's not done, be, if that backlash is not becoming because of your pride, you have to look in the mirror because of your obstinance and you're doing stupid things, but it's coming because you're faithfully executing God's mission for you with the peace of being under his authority. That's a sign you're, you're doing the right thing. This idea of worry, and I'm trying to just get a quick handle on, on this for our listeners. 
it leads me back to something that happened to me this weekend. And, and I love how well the children in our lives teach us um, everything that we read in scripture. So I'm hanging out with my daughter. We're, we're down at the local kind of shopping mall because it's daddy daughter weekend. And about halfway through the walking around the mall, she stops and she grabs my hand and she looks at me and she says, dad, I forgot I was meant to do some studies this weekend for Monday. And she got really anxious. So we walked into the store. She went down to the back of the store, came back. And I said, are you okay? And she goes, yeah, yeah. I said, but you just walked in here saying that you're anxious. And she said, well, dad, I prayed and it's gone. She goes, the little butterfly left. And I was like, what, what? And so the perfect example right here is what what really worry should be for all of us, whether we're a, a senior executive, whether we're hands deep in, into the dirt in our work or stressed out in our marriage, every time that butterfly of worry comes, it's God calling you to give it to him. It's God calling you to say, hey, I am here. I need you to translate that into giving it over to me, submit to me, and I will fill you with abundance. You know, it sounds so simple, Chica, but that's literally it. Every time it rises, I don't care if it's a hundred times a day, the posture is turn to Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I feel, I feel this fear and anxiety rising me about X, Y, Z. I give this over to you, Lord, and I submit my will, my rights, and my authority to you. Help me to get back on mission. I mean, what your daughter did, I mean, out of the mouths of babes, right? What, what a beautiful picture of the Christian life. I have fear and anxiety. It doesn't mean she doesn't still have to go home and study. She does. She's got to get it done. That's part of her responsibility. But the fear is gone, and now it's not dominating her mind, and she's back to enjoying fellowship with you as her dad and enjoying her day, and then she'll go home and study because the Lord brought her peace that transcends understanding. She crushed it. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So Jay, shalom to you as, as we turn the corner and we close out this week's episode. Um, it's funny that we did lead with shalom because what does that mean, Jay? Peace. This is a, a fantastic homework assignment for all of our listeners. If you want to jump on the internets and have a look at shalom. I think another, I would invite the team and you were just praying it, Chica. As anxiety rises in you, fear, thoughts jump in. Maybe, maybe this week we just, I invite you as things come in to just say, no. Let not my heart be troubled. This one's for you, Jesus. I mean, that's it, it, it sounds hokey and simple, but I wonder what our lives would be like if we just, you know, every time that started to rise up, we turned and handed it to Jesus and said, what do you have for me in return, Lord? My wife is big on this. She always is teaching our kids, give that to Jesus, but not just give it to Jesus. Ask him what he's got for you. And amazingly, he always has something for us because he is a father who gives good gifts to his children. Shalom, peace unto you. Uh, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for the opportunity for Chica and I to just chit chat. And for those that are listening in on the chit chat, I, I pray that it has been helpful and edifying for them, God. And we pray that you will move in our hearts and the hearts of all of our listeners in our lives, God, that we would have the peace that transcends understanding, that we would remember you, God, and remember to give to you our burdens because your promise is that your yoke is light and your life is joyful. And we embrace that, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.